Welcome to Real Faith, the podcast where we explore the intersection between culture, faith and youth work. I'm Stephen and I'll be your host. Each episode, we'll look at a different film or series and discuss it in depth, exploring the themes within it and how we can use it with the young people we work with. We'll cover everything from action to horror, comic book movies to comedies. So in this episode, I chat to Louise Franklin about Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, the new film in the MCU. As always, we're going to go through specific plot points. There will be spoilers, so if you haven't seen the film and do want to, then I encourage you to go and watch it. But as always, if you're just looking for some themes and a way to engage with the young people that you work with, then obviously stay on and enjoy. But let's get into my discussion with Louise. Someone once told me that the reality I thought I knew was just one of many. Be careful which paths you travel down. Stronger than you have lost their way. You think there will be no consequences? We're in the end game now. I sacrificed everything. And it meant nothing. So I'm delighted to be joined on the podcast today by Louise Franklin. Louise, how are you doing? I'm doing all right. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. No, I am. So it's great to have you on. We're talking about the, the 28th film in, in the MCU, mm-hmm. Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. And, and, and thanks so much for giving up your time to, to come on and, and, and chat about it. I know you're a big Marvel fan, so hopefully this is I am. something you've been looking forward to. To, to chat about. But I guess before we do that, I wonder if you could tell us a little bit about yourself and, 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 and your role and, and what you do at the moment. Um, sure, yeah. I'm Louise. I'm um, a United Reformed Church minister, have been for the last um, 22 years. Um, so obviously a child minister I was. Mm-hmm. Um, and before that, I was a youth worker um, for a, a URC in Liverpool. Um, and I'm I've got a daughter who's um, 17 who has appeared on this podcast mm-hmm. um, and we love Marvel. Um, I'm a huge Star Trek fan. Um, been to lots of conventions and, and the like and um, love reading, love hanging out, love films, but not horror films. Sorry, Stephen. <laughs> no, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, we'll get into that. We'll obviously with this film particularly, so... <laughs> And uh, I serve two churches, one in West Kirby and one in Eastern, and several bits at Synod as well. Great. Thank you very much. OK, so we'll dive in and I'll share some of the plot and then we can get into the, the themes and, and things that are in there. So the film opens with a new character, America Chavez, and an alternate version of Doctor Strange, and they're being chased by a demon. It's quite a frantic start we're kind of thrown straight into it and and they're trying to get to what's called the book of the shanty this strange is happy ultimately for for chavez to be killed so that he can actually get the book but chavez accidentally creates a portal that sends them into i guess what we would call our world in our world christine's wedding is interrupted by an octopus demon trying to kill chavez 
Doctor Strange and Wong fight together to stop it, and Chavez tells them that she is from another universe and that her power is to move between universes. Strange goes to see Wanda Maximoff to see if she can help and, and, and look after uh, the girl. It turns out that, that Wanda was actually responsible for the demons as she wants to get a hold of Chavez's power so that she can travel to a universe where her children are still alive. She demands that they hand over Chavez to her, but they decline. And, and so the, a, a battle ensues. And during this battle, Chavez again transports her and Doctor Strange to another universe where they are arrested by the Illuminati, who are a secret society made up of Mordo, Captain Carter, Black Bolt, Captain Marvel, an alternate version of Captain Marvel, uh, Reed Richards and Charles Xavier. Wanda uses the Dark Hold, which is the, the counterpart to the Book of Ashanti, to dreamwalk, which is to possess a version of yourself from another universe and she attacks and kills all of the Illuminati. Strange and Chavez escape with that universe's Christine to capture the Book of Ashanti. Wanda possesses Chavez and sends Strange and Christine to another universe where he battles another Strange who's been corrupted by the Darkhold. Strange then uses the Darkhold to dreamwalk into the corpse of another Strange that we saw die at the start of the film and with Wong and Chavez tries to stop Wanda. Doctor Strange tells Chavez that she's always been able to control her powers. And, and Chavez then takes Wanda to see her children, who recoil in fear at who she has become. Wanda then relents and destroys all of the dark holds across the multiverse. The film ends with Strange developing a literal third eye as a result of using the dark hold. Mm. So that's a, a brief summary. There's other things that were going on that we, we might end up uh, touching on. But I guess to... To start with, Louise, what were your thoughts on Doctor Strange? Um, I think Doctor Strange is quite an elusive character in the MCU. He's given kind of, I think, iconic um, kind of reverence. He's like seen as slightly infallible. Mm. Um, like he's, he, he doesn't make mistakes, but this, but we get the impression that this is a more um, this film shows a more vulnerable side, a more human side to Doctor Strange. Um, he's one that's making mistakes. He's one that's um, admitting that he's unhappy. There's mm. a, I think there's a whole story arc about contentedness and, and longing for what you don't have mm. um, that's in both Doctor Strange and Wanda. Um, and you kind of get this sense that that strange isn't um kind of he's seen as a bit omnipotent he's a kind of a caricature dr strange i think um and you get a real sense that he's not the infallible never gets things wrong person there's a there's an arc of vulnerability and mm. and i like that i think there's a there's a more human element that than we've seen in previous films um, mm. and previous incarnations. Yeah. Yeah. No. 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 Absolutely. And I, and I think yeah, we'll obviously go on and 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 talk about the the arcs of Doctor Strange and Wonder because I, I think there's a lot of similarities mm. as, as you're saying b between what what they go through. Obviously, when when this was first announced, it was it was going to be a different director who was making it, who directed mm. the first one, 
it's Scott Derrickson. And, and him and his writer had said this would be the MCU's horror film. That was what they were were going for. Uh, they, 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 they obviously dropped out of the film, uh, the filmmaking process, and Sam Raimi uh, took over, who is, is a horror director uh, himself, and also directed the, the, the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man uh, movies. So, so I guess as you said at the start, you weren't a, a fan of you're not a fan of horror. What what did you think then of this particular film, which really leans heavily into into horror? Would you have classed this as horror? I, I think when 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 you think of the, some of the stuff they were dealing with with zombies, cursed books, demons, Possession. possessions. Uh-huh. I think all classic, okay. and and particularly of. Sam Raimi's probably most famous in, in horror circles for the Evil Dead trilogy that he right. made. And and those films are, are full of cursed books, demons, possession, sure. and zombies. So it, it really played to uh, to his strengths. Yeah, yeah. And I guess there was a few more jump scares, I think, than there ever has been, in, particularly when it was around Wanda and suddenly appearing mm. in places. I, I, I guess that, for me, was where it really was leaning into to, to horror right I mean there were some there were certainly some dark bits mm. um I didn't particularly enjoy the zombie stuff <laughs> I have to admit um and there was some um stuff which I thought was quite occultish yep um the the, the bit on the um on the table mm-hmm. um um where all the symbols were appearing in red um it kind of it in my head, it, I went straight back to Narnia. It kind of linked me to another okay, bit yeah. of a. Um, but I thought some of that was really dark. But it's going to be. She's a witch, mm. um, and really um, disturbing. Um, I mean, it, I wasn't scared. I didn't jump at all. Um, so, so maybe I'm less bothered by horror than actually I think <laughs> I am. Uh, it was just a bit. I mean, I think the 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 zombie stuff was a bit icky I thought um and didn't add a huge amount I didn't think to the plot but there we go that's only my opinion um yeah I, I wasn't a huge fan of that but fair enough yeah no that <laughs> yeah no I, I can completely understand that and I guess as, as a Sam Raimi fan and as a horror fan those were the okay the times when you actually got to see oh this is him getting to do what he wants what he to best. do, and, right. and 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 for me, it felt in the film that there was a wrestling between having to tell the Marvel story and what he, and what he wanted to do, particularly around horror and witchcraft. That that seemed to be where he really mm-hmm. wanted to focus, and it, it was why on, on on first viewing of the film, I, I, I really I thought it was okay. I I, I didn't right. love it. And on second viewing, I liked it more, but still, I, I, I feel a real tension. Particularly, I think the first act and the third act really lean into to Sam Raimi with horror and okay. evil, evil books, all those, all sure. those kinds of things, possessions. Whereas the middle act, where you're having to deal with the Illuminati and all the the kind of fan service, okay, yeah, 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 it felt like he was coasting as a director at that point. <laughs> Do you think that the pacing was a bit odd of the film? It, you know, we, we start with the action 
really quickly there's no kind of gentle into what the film is going to be about you're in pow um and then by the third act um it kind of I just felt the whole the whole storyline got particularly with Wanda got got sewed up so quickly Hmm. in the end and it was like oh we're here we're at the end it felt like it the pacing was was slightly off that the end came as a as a as a, as a surprise in, in timing hmm. it didn't feel paced quite right no and and i think for me it, it slowed down in the middle act it got kind of right. stuck there and then there did feel like a rush to the end i liked in the end that it wasn't it didn't end in a big battle which is often right. the ending of most marvel films you have the big kind of cgi face off whereas it, it, it didn't end with that it ended with Wanda ultimately seeing her her kids and and that being but the end yeah. I, I know the the original cut had another half hour onto it yeah another 35 minutes I think yeah so yeah so who knows kind of what else was was being there and it obviously ends very abruptly with Doctor Strange and the the eye appearing and the third eye, yeah, yeah. It's a, just a kind of shock ending wanted so yeah no I think they're in and I think generally reading reviews and stuff pacing issues seems to have been an, mm-hmm. an, an issue and I think in, in part that is again down to that wrestling between Sam Raimi wanting to make the film that he wants to make and Marvel going but no we need to cover kind of all all these right. things that, whereas I like I like the second bit I like seeing characters that you'd seen before particularly at Charles Xavier because I love the X-Men I, I was I was like yay somebody I know hooray um, I, I like that yeah my youngest was kind of shaking their fists when they when they heard Professor X's voice because they got that excited going, Oh, I know who this yeah. is. Uh, yeah. For me that that sequence you could cut out the entire Illuminati sequence and it would make no difference to the story whatsoever. In, in terms of the big story arc, it didn't it didn't add anything, but I think it was a maybe a nod um to the fans. Because the Billy Malati was so quickly defeated, yep. it was like, "Oh come on, everyone, <laughs> battle up a little bit." Mm. <laughs> yeah, but but they're not a fighting team, are they? They're a thought team. So they are, and and I guess it's sh- in, in part it showed their arrogance with how quickly they're all. But well, no, mm. we can handle your witch when Doctor Strange yeah, was yeah, going. Yeah, yeah. She's coming, and you need to be prepared. And they were like, "We can handle a sure. witch," and they said, "Oh, we'll, yeah, yeah. we'll vote once we come back after we've beaten her." And kind of that, yeah, yeah. yeah. Pride, they didn't know what was coming. Did no, they? pride, yeah. pride comes before a fall, and all that. They were, yeah, they were not prepared for exactly just how powerful uh, Wanda was. I guess maybe getting into some of the, the the themes then, and 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 particularly, I think redemption and grace for mm. for me for for the arc of both Doctor Strange and and Wanda, because there's there's a few references, obviously. To Doctor Strange and, and Professor X says to him at one point, just because someone falls and stumbles, yeah, doesn't mean they're lost forever. And yeah, yeah, you had the chance to obviously see all these alternate versions of Doctor Strange who all messed up, and Doctor yeah. Strange even struggling with his own failings and and hearing about the story about his yeah. sister when he was younger and his sister died and they couldn't do anything. And him carrying around that and always feeling that, as Christine said, he has to be the one holding the knife. He has to be the one that solves mm. it because he couldn't 
so he couldn't save his sister. So we we kind of learn exactly why he is this yeah. kind of omnipresent being that yeah. feels he has to be the one saving everything. He had to be the one to defeat Thanos in terms of coming up with a plan. So so I think we we do get to see that more human side and and obviously the symbolism of the broken watch. Oh yes, finally getting the everybody went oh in the cinema it was like a oh yeah so, so and the bit and and the bit where he says you know in all the universes um he said something like um it was a in all the universes dad love you and everyone or something like that didn't mm. he and it was like, oh it was a bit of a soppy moment but i liked it <laughs> but yeah so he, he went on a, a real arc and, and was a very different person by the end of somebody who had embraced his failures sure. uh, had come to terms with them and realised that that all of those failings make him mm. who he is, and and that's who he is. Yeah. And, yeah, and 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 so I think a real message of of grace and redemption for him of of accepting who he is, his yeah. fallen self, and and that that's okay. And a, and a, I think Wanda goes through a similar thing of grace. I loved how it ends with. An, another version of herself kind of an, embracing her in some way by by um, stroking her face not attacking her stroking her face and saying mm. now go and be loved and 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 wander going through that that period of of grace and redemption and acceptance as well for all yeah. of her failings so i just think it's a big theme it got me thinking of of the story of peter and 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 somebody who messed up and failed countless times as we read in, in the gospel but was ultimately forgiven and found that grace right and, and his failings sure. and and so for me thinking of youth work I, I, I just think that this film would be an incred, incredible example of a uh, grace that is available even when we mess up more than we think we ever could yeah and the, there's always a way back yeah um we may not have alternative universes but um there's always a way back um and that's the story of of life with jesus isn't it mm. um but there's always a new beginning there's always a a transformation that is is yet to come yeah i think this film for me said a lot about what life looks like when you're not happy mm. and what a lack of contentedness looks like because in both of the characters, and I guess this links with um, uh, with the idea of grace and, and redemption, that, that there is a longing for what isn't, um, and the kind of the what ifs in the in that story of grace and redemption, the mm. the things that the journeys that could have been taken, the um, it reminded me of um, have you ever have you read Matt Haig's book Midnight Library? No. It reminded me of that. It's a story of a, a girl who lives her life again and again, but in kind of different, different universes. It's fairly similar in that respect. And it reminded me of, of that verse um, in Philippians about being, you know, I've learned to be content with, with what I have, uh, whether it's a lot or a little. Um, and I think you get the story in, uh, certainly in Stephen Strange's arc of story that, that, he, he's not content he's not happy hmm. um, and he's looking back and seeing his mistakes um, and his what ifs were all focused around a relationship that he never said his yes to 
um and, and that was quite and I thought that was kind of sad wasn't it mm. um and and Wanda's I, I thought Wanda's story and her longing for her for her children was that actually desperately sad yeah because uh, she, she'd kind of made an idol out of them it reminded me of Rachel's story in scripture mm. um and her children were everything um but it, but she was still not happy no um kind of sad kind of like it, it was like the whole kind of arc of human storyhood isn't it in one in one film apart from all the sci-fi and all the mm. and all the um dodgy cgi um in some places <laughs> but it, there was a real human story yeah. about sadness and longing and happiness and contentedness which i thought was an interesting story out for both of them yeah no absolutely and and, and i guess great great themes to explore with 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 young mm. people and ultimately anyone and 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 how they look at that and and also around grieving and and how you how you grieve for for something yeah. that you've you've lost as well we obviously have the the one division series which sure was all really wonder going through those those different stages of grief and you felt at the end of of one division that she came to some moment of 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 embracing it and getting through it and but then she hears that her children's voices and and the dark hold ultimately takes hold of her and, and i was surprised i was expecting a um, vision to appear um in the midst of all of this um as part of the the longing for what was not i was expecting given everything we learned about you know her love for for vision in in one division um i was expecting to see that and that was a strange omission i thought yes um, yeah because she obviously talked about him and and fact that talking about the fact that she had to kill him but yeah and all, yeah. And all, and all the universes that she looks at he's, exactly. he's not in any of them he's not there no no and I thought that was a slightly odd thing mm. um oh well I don't know why that wasn't that way no it seemed to obviously particularly for this one wanting to look at, at motherhood particularly and mm. and mm. being a mother and, and kind of an experience then of loss for a mother rather than kind of focusing on a relationship that's been that's been lost but yeah no that is interesting that he just wasn't he wasn't part mm. and even obviously there is a, a white vision now wandering yeah. around somewhere and and that obviously never played into it to, no. to either whether in the, the longer cut there would have been something i don't know if paul bettany filmed anything for it at all don't know don't know but it's a very idealistic view of motherhood, isn't it? It's a, it's a kind of picture perfect. Everything is happy once I have my children beside me. Mm. Um, view of motherhood, isn't it? Um, and like I say, I, I, it, it, I think she makes an idol um, out of her children, um, and has that view that you know, if the children are there, everything will be okay. Yeah. She will somehow be mysteriously complete. Um, as a person, as an entity, um, which speaks into all the contentedness and happiness story arc as well. Mm. Yeah, yeah. No, it'd have been, I guess would have been interesting to see actually what when she did, if she did get to a universe where she actually got to have her children, what then 
kind of when when she yeah. got that thing that she was longing for and, and probably then realized oh no this hasn't actually solved really what's going yeah. on within me yeah yeah we shall see what happens with the next three films. <laughs> yes, no, absolutely. I, I, got asked, I got asked by somebody a couple of days ago, oh, do you think that's Wanda dead? And I was like, no, if you don't see them die. Oh, no, no, <laughs> no, 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 no. She's not dead. She's not. Apparently she signed up for another seven films. So <laughs> maybe maybe we'll see her again. Mm. <laughs> yeah, she's definitely not. She, she won't be dead. No, no. if you don't see don't the dead so. body, then that's it. No, 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 no. And there was a slight, when she got crushed by that big stone or, or whatever she was crushed by, there was a slightly kind of a, a red light and I'm thinking, oh, oh, she's not dead. She's not dead. Definitely not dead. No, we'll see her again, I'm sure. Hmm. One of the other things that I thought was interesting around around ethics, and I talked about this on, hmm. on the Eternals episode as well with Tom, how Wanda talks about the how, how Doctor Strange is a hypocrite because she when she possesses somebody or, or sleepwalks it's somebody it's seen as a as a bad thing but when he does it that's a good thing and, and when it talked about oh it's okay for you to sacrifice people and and you become the hero but if I do yeah. that I become the villain ultimately and that that wrestling with with deontological and, and teleological ethics so deontological ethics being something is always wrong so stealing is always wrong mm. whereas in, in teleological ethics that kind of something for the greater good and so the, the yeah. end can justify the means and there was obviously a, a, a few times through the, the film that idea was brought up whereas if one person was doing it it was okay but then if somebody else right. was doing it it was that that was evil and that was wrong because even okay. even Wong, at the end of the film, was saying to Doctor Strange, "You need to take Chavez's powers and 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 ultimately let her die for the greater good. That's the right thing to do." Even for the majority of the film, Doctor Strange has been going, right. "No, that's that's not sacrifice. Isn't the right thing to do here." And and I just thought that was again an interesting way to have that kind of discussion with a young person. Is is something always wrong? Or, right. or does it depend on on the motive, and are sometimes is is sometimes doing something wrong, actually right in that circumstance? Does that does that make sense for the greater good? Yeah, it was interesting because because that conversation with um with Wanda was in the trailer, wasn't it? I sacrificed everything, and it meant nothing. Oh, strange. What have you done? I never meant for this to happen. You cannot control everything. You brought this on yourself. You break the rules and become a hero. I do it and I become the enemy. This doesn't seem fair. And when I first heard it in the trailer, I didn't interpret it as a, uh, a right and wrong ethics conversation. Yeah. I heard it as a misogyny okay. conversation yeah. that, that you're treated differently because you are a, you're a male superhero and mm. I'm not going to have that same, um, that same experience because I'm not... Um, 
and and in those examples you know whose power gets taken from them yep who are they mm. <laughs> the examples you gave just to hijack it in a different direction yeah, no, no absolutely are all women yeah. aren't they yes yeah <laughs> um i yeah i hadn't particularly noticed that before until you actually actually said that so maybe that's another ethical an ethical dilemma um I don't know if I've answered the right or wrong question. No, well, you, you've just sorry. Like, no, no, that's fine. You've yeah, you've opened it up to make me think about something else there, and actually something I, I hadn't thought about with that with that power dynamic when it yeah when it comes to patriarchy and the sex and and mm-hmm. that is if it had been a, a male witch in Scarlet Witch's place would would we have thought any differently? The same way, yeah. yeah. Interesting. Would we? I don't think so. No, so so I don't, I don't have know. yeah. So I don't have an answer for, for what you've brought up there. But no, I think that's just a yeah something I hadn't even thought of. But I think would be a really interesting yeah. uh, mm-hmm. th- thing to look at within kind of patriarchy and misogyny within yeah with, when it comes to to superheroes. One of the other things to talk about, and and, it, and I guess it's outside of the film, but it's but but to do with its with its p- premiere and particularly around. America Chavez and the the, the old. Why did they have to call her America? I know she's in the in the comics, but all the way through the <laughs> film, it's like, come on, America! And it's like, oh, sorry. Oh, no, <laughs> it was, it's like, <laughs> it's driving me mad. Carry on, sorry. No, that's right. <laughs> Obviously, it makes reference to the fact that she has uh, two mothers. She wears mm-hmm. her little uh, rainbow badge on her. On a denim jacket, the, the LGBTQ flag mm-hmm. on there, and in in the comics, she's obviously a a lesbian, and in, in in the comics as an, an LGBTQ uh, character. And I know with with Saudi Arabia, they they asked Marvel to cut that scene out oh, with did they? With I didn't the, know that. Yeah, okay. with, the, with the two mothers, uh, Marvel have refused, and 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 so far the film isn't out. And, and Saudi Arabia at the minute. Uh, and... I mean, it was only a very brief illusion, though, wasn't it? It was like just moments. That's all it was. Yeah, no, absolutely. And obviously, the film is still not out in China because China wants some okay. things changed as well. They haven't gone into detail about that, but I know there's been issues with any LGBTQ plus reference in Marvel okay. films before within within China, and obviously with. Fantastic Beasts three, Warner Brothers mm. cut out that that conversation, and right. so that they could get out in China. So it's, it, I guess it's just interesting as we as as Marvel obviously trying to 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 showcase I guess LGBTQ plus issues and talk about about it a bit more. That that controversy is coming there with around censorship, and 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 sure. whether and, and and whether those things should be censored or not I, I just wondered if you had any any thoughts or, or comments on that Louise yeah but it, it, I mean it's not a modern phenomenon is it? Mm. it it films have always been censored um for different audiences and yeah. I'm not saying that's a good thing but it's uh, it's certainly um not a new thing mm. is it um I guess it goes back to your conversation about what's the greater good um is it better for the film to be out 
not in its fullest sense and perhaps people know that it's not in its fullest sense because I suppose you know if you're a Marvel fan in China or, or a Marvel fan in Saudi Arabia you'll know you know you'll have looked on the on the fan sites mm. you'd you know you'll have been following on wherever you'll know that what's been cut out um and I wonder if by censoring something you you make something more attractive um by stop you know stopping people see it people will want to see it more won't they yeah um I can understand why those countries have done it given given their particular regimes mm. but I I don't know how you get around that um is it better to have any part of the film or no part of the film as a matter of principle yeah um I don't know I don't know it's a it's a tricky one isn't it and there, there I am sitting on the fence <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know um it's a shame that the the fans get to miss out yes um, no that's yeah and that's true. and and everybody gets to not doesn't get to hear a different a different storyline a different um a different opinion um that's a shame mm. no no that is and i get your point about it it kind of maybe raises the profile and, and maybe wants people to see it more because particularly as a as a horror fan during the the period in the 80s with with what was labeled video nasties which were the right. when the obscene publications act was introduced by the government in the 80s lots of of horror films were, were banned and right. a- anybody caught to be selling them could be prosecuted because they were seen okay. as obscene and, and could by simply watching them people might end up acting out some of the things from them and most of these films now are available uncut and the majority of them are rubbish like rubbish films that actually <laughs> what sort of films are we talking about like the exorcist stuff like that what we're we talking about yeah it's slightly different but things like a uh, the, the driller killer uh, cannibal holocaust a uh, okay lots of n- nazi type films kind of exploitation it, it probably won't surprise you that i have no, no idea no, what no, you're no. talking about <laughs> But I think these films kind of gained a, a notoriety because you couldn't get a hold of them and you had to go into the, right. the backs of okay. video shops under desks to to right. be able to get them. And actually, if, if that hadn't happened, most of those films would just have come and gone and nobody would have thought twice about them. Nobody would have watched them. So banning, the, banning them makes them look more attractive. Yes, yeah. Um, but I I don't know if in Saudi Arabia or China that you can get like a, a, a knocked off copy of Doctor Strange. <laughs> I suspect that you probably can't. <laughs> I suspect that you know, and I suspect you can't go on the internet to find a dodgy copy either, can you? Mm. So yeah, so so I don't have yeah, as you said, don't really have an answer on the the kind of controversy around censorship and thing. But I think it's just another wider topic that I think is only going to continue within the MCU as they maybe try to to talk more about some of these characters and some of these issues that and and a few days ago that kind of head of marvel had come out and said oh we're doing fine if we never release another film in china again let's say they are not they're not willing to bow to 
to that kind of pressure, whereas before they probably would have done because China is a huge market and they make a lot of money in China. So it's it's interesting. They're obviously comfortable enough now to to stand and see. Um, the film Chang is it Changxi? Yep, I'm saying it wrong. Was that released in China? I I don't think I don't think the last few Marvel films have, have okay. been okay. I, I'm trying to remember. I don't think it did. Um, okay, interesting because that would be a great you know, demographic, um, you know, an Asian character as, as the lead. Mm. Um, I mean, Marvel are great at diversity, they all, um, particularly in recent films. Yes. Um, I mean, one of my favourite, prob- probably my favourite film is Black Panther. Right, okay. Um, and yeah. that was a real kind of a watershed, wasn't mm. it, for a real watershed moment for having a, a lead character who's, um, who's black. Um, yeah. Great film. Yeah. Great film. Yeah, no, it was. And I had uh, Dean Pusey, who's a, who's an Anglican vicar in training at the moment on a couple of episodes ago to talk about kind of the impact that Black Panther had, had on him. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, for him, just a, right. a huge cultural moment and and something. Yeah, absolutely. He's very excited, obviously, to see where uh, where it goes. Where but it yeah, go a, a huge yeah. thing for him. That. That covers kind of the main things that I want to talk because grace and, and redemption and, and and motherhood and grief mm. kind of were for mm. me some of the main things. And, and you've obviously talked about happiness and, and contentment. Was was there anything else from from watching the film that, that you wanted to, to pick up on? Um, we could comment on the dodgy CGI. Um, there were some real moments. And I don't normally notice stuff like that. Um, because I just lose myself in the film. Uh, but uh, there was a moment right at the beginning where um, the octo, um, the octo creature, mm-hmm. which I believe is called Garganto in the comics. There you go, a little fact, right? Um, and I just looking at, and both Becca and I turned to each other and went, "That's that's rubbish CGI. It was really obvious." And that surprises me because Marvel's better than that. Mm. Um, and there was a couple of moments later on in the film where you could really see it kind of, it was a bit laggy in terms of CGI, uh, which is a bit disappointing, really. Um, I'd be intrigued to know where it goes next in, in, the, in, the, in the multiverse, because, I mean, there's endless possibilities, isn't there? Mm. Do, we, do we get a Doctor Strange? Uh, do, we, do we look at that story arc with, um, you know, in, in, in the first... Um, post-credit scene you've got is it clear um who i believe in in the cartoons ends up as as the new sorcerer defender of the universe and i i don't know if we get to explore that next Mm. um i just wonder where we go next yeah no absolutely with the whole doctor strange you know do we get a different doctor strange now that he's um become a more human version of himself mm. or has that gone now he's got his third eye you know do we do we lose that are we back to the you know the narcissist you know ne- never makes mistakes I'm always right Dr Strange now he's got this extra eye <laughs> to complicate things I wonder what happens next yeah yeah absolutely because I know I think from the comics clear and Dr Strange were married as well they were at one point yeah so It'll be interesting. What 
what just annoyed me about that end credit, that post credit sequence, the first one, the second one annoyed me more. Uh, but but yeah, that, that was completely pointless. It was. Uh, but I guess it's that <laughs> that actor Bruce Campbell who he's in all the he's in all of the director's films. Yes, isn't he? and he was the main star of the yeah. Evil Dead film. So in terms right. of a, again a horror icon, is huge. So okay, and so he's the new stan. He's the new stan yes. in, in, in that director's film. Ab- okay, absolutely, because <laughs> in in Evil Dead Two, just I'm, I'm sure it's not one you've watched before. It, the, the, Funnily <laughs> enough, no. <laughs> the character Ash, who is played by Bruce Campbell, his right hand gets possessed and keeps hitting him. Oh. So that whole scene, okay, with him punching himself, is just a, a direct reference to. Right. Well, I, I obviously didn't get any of that. <laughs> okay. Well, that makes sense because it was like, what? What is that about? What yeah. was the purpose of that? So it's oh, just a, a nod to, to horror fans. But yeah, that uh-huh. What, uh-huh. what I didn't like about the first post credit with, with Clea was that it, the, the shock ending of Doctor Strange's third eye appears, and you think, uh, for me, I was like, oh, does this mean kind of villain? Like just how that character right. was, and but then. The post-credit sequence because we'd left him impaled, hadn't we, yeah. on 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 that fence, and you think that he he was dead. Yeah, and then the eye opens again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then for for me, the, the problem was with the post-credit sequence. It's like, oh no, Doctor Strange is fine, and he's seemingly working with the third eye now, and it's all uh-huh. okay. So it kind of ruined that shock ending a little bit for me by showing obviously Doctor Strange a few months on being fine. With, right. with the third eye, that that was just part of, of of who he was now. But yeah, I'm interested. Obviously, with Loki, the series. I take you've watched Loki the mm. series. Yeah, 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 yeah. Obviously, building to Kang, the Conqueror being the big baddie, because he, yeah, he who. Mm. It's not he who can't be named because that's Voldemort. What? I'm trying to remember <laughs> what he's called in, in Loki. He, um, he who remains. I think that the the, the character is called he, he he who remains the guy that they meet at the end, right? Uh, right yeah, and yeah. he t- obviously he becomes Kang the Conqueror, who's probably going to be the next big baddie in terms of Thanos. yeah, and so mm-hmm. I think we're obviously going to end up with lots of multiverses all having to work together to fight mm. Kang across multiverses, but. Yeah, I, I don't know where you go with a Doctor Strange story now. Doctor Strange has never been a, a favourite character. I thought the first film was okay. This one's slightly better. Why not? What about him did you not like? Because he was a bit of a narcissistic ass. <laughs> no, I just just the story generally hasn't just okay. hasn't really appealed to me. So. Yeah, I I don't know if I could deal with a, a doctor. I, I would watch a Doctor Strange three anyway because I'll I'll mm-hmm. I'll go and see it. But I don't know whether him and Clea will play into another film that's not just them, not just a Doctor Strange one. I don't I don't okay. know. Um, Do you think that that the the whole idea of you know there's endless possibilities of having storylines involving a multiverse? I mean, I guess Marvel. Are like, well, we can do anything now because you know it's all opened up. Do you think that might get a bit wearing? A bit like, okay, where are we going next? Yeah, I think possibly because I guess the, the main problem with, 
with multiverses. And and the problem that I found with this film when it introduced the Illuminati was that it mm. removes any stakes from anything because you can kill these characters off and it doesn't really right. matter. Matter. Because yeah, they yeah. Can, another yes. version can just appear somewhere else. And that'll be that'll be the worst thing I think they can do if it goes down that way of actually oh Black Widow she's dead in this universe but we, now we can just bring her in right iron man yeah yeah iron man we can bring in from somewhere else and he'll be there and that's my worry because then it doesn't really matter who lives or dies at that point okay i get that yeah it's a bit like bobby in the shower in dallas never, <laughs> you know nothing ever happens <laughs> and it all it all will be well again right okay that's what i didn't like didn't like about the illuminati stuff because it's like well yeah, I like that they nodded to Professor X and, and those other characters, but mm. it's not those characters that we know and that they're another universe and we haven't got to know them and now they're all dead. And and that was, I guess, what irritated me about that. Yeah, and, you know, the characters that you know, all, you know, all of a sudden Charles Xavier has been strangled and it's like, oh, okay. Is he dead? Is he dead in just this universe? Is he dead? Mm. In, yeah, okay. Um, yeah. Okay, yeah. I mean, it's going to be interesting where they go next, mm. um, and if that, if that, it becomes part of the the whole story, the Marvel story, or if it gets just a bit, you're being silly now. Um, we shall see. Yeah, we shall see what happens next. I think they'll have to have films where yeah, the multiverse just doesn't come into it, and they focus just on a, yeah. a small story. And a character. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this film, yeah. this film, and obviously Spider Man before it was obviously about opening up the idea of multiverses, but but hopefully it's not going to. Hopefully every film isn't going to be covering that kind of thing. I mean, I think that would be a bit wearing. Mm. I think um, because you know once you get to know and love a character, you, you kind of care about what happens, and I think Marvel Marvel fans are a particular. Uh, they get quite uppity if you read all the fan forums and mm. stuff. They get quite uppity about what happens to their beloved characters. Um, so we shall see how they how they treat the kind of whole the whole kind of big story and of the multiverse. We shall see. Yes, no, absolutely. We shall see. Um, just, just one other thing. Just another. I really liked the the piano battle. I just the, the kind of musical battle. I thought it was just a, a just <laughs> yeah. a fun way of doing something. Every note, every note making this the tune and the the music throughout was really good. I, there, there were lots of little little allusions to, um, you know, the X Men original tune popped yeah. up and and the wonder uh, and the wonder vision tune popped up. Mm. Yeah. Good use of music in the film. Yeah. Good use of music. No, it was. And I guess pro probably the first MCU film that required kind of watching of some of the TV stuff as well. I don't think any of the other films yeah. up to this point you've required that. But this one, to get an understanding of the kids. Yeah. Yeah. So, you, I mean, you really need to watch the what ifs. Yeah, um, true. Yeah. And and WandaVision, um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it wasn't. It's not completely. I mean, you did need definitely need to watch WandaVision because it wouldn't have made sense otherwise. Mm. Um, but yeah, 
but Marvel fans will have done that, won't they? Yes. Um, no, absolutely. Most, yeah. So um, I think if you hadn't have watched One Division and you just came from this having watched Doctor Strange and and the main films, I don't know if you'd quite understand the full part of who she is no. and what her character's like. Um, yeah, I don't think you would fully get her her story transition. You needed to have watched um, One Division to do that. Yeah, because you did. You would just been like, "How have kids suddenly appeared?" Like, where? <laughs> yeah, who are they? Where are they? <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Okay, well, I think that wraps up about everything uh, from me. Unless there was any kind of last words that you wanted to to give from everyone, but I think we've given we've given a good talk over the over the film. Yeah, brilliant. Thank you. That's been good. Yeah, no, I really appreciate you taking the time to to come on. It's a pleasure. Join it and hopefully get you on another time when there's another another film or series to to, to talk about. Yeah, you might have to get me get me to watch a, a, a horror film and tell you what I think. <laughs> that would be a fun discussion. <laughs> we shall see. We shall see. Right. But thank you again. Thanks for your time, Louise. Hope you have a good rest it's a of the pleasure. day. Thanks. Okay, you take care. You too. Bye. Okay, bye. Thanks again to Louise for joining me to discuss Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. I'd love to know what you thought of the film and also what you thought of our discussion. You can get in touch with us on Facebook or on Twitter by just searching at Real Faith Pod. If you've enjoyed the episode, I'd love it as well if you would subscribe and also leave us a hopefully positive review as that allows others to see what we're up to and hopefully we can get this podcast out to more youth workers. So thanks again for listening and look out for another episode coming soon.